Hello, and welcome to the Painter Bride Quarterly Slush Pile. We are so glad that you're tuning in to listen to us today. Um, what we're about to do is take you on a journey as we discuss some wonderful, wonderful poems by Ray Alta um, and have essentially an editorial editorial board meeting on air. Um, so welcome and uh, to our editorial table and vote along with us. Um, so I'm Kathleen Volkmiller, been with the magazine forever and ever and ever, and am currently sitting at my desk in Collingswood, New Jersey, and so excited to be recording an episode. And I'm going to bounce it to Marion and call her 6,000 miles away, Marion Red. Hello, and my friend. Answering your call. Hello, 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 PBQ people and the slushy crew. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I can't wait to talk about these poems. I'm Marion Wren. I'm over here in Abu Dhabi, and I'm going to bounce it to Canada. Dagny Forrest. Well, thank you. I'll try and catch that one, Marion. I'm uh, up here in Canada, just outside the capital, Ottawa, where November is thoroughly confused. We've cycled through what seemed like summer to deep winter, and now it's rainy and gray. So, yeah. Anyway, delighted to be here. I'll bounce it over to Alex. Hello, Alex J. Tunney. I'm over in Long Island. Uh yeah, <laughs> I, for some reason I have Dunkin' Donuts on the brain. They introduce this breakfast wrap, but it's instead of like a the tortilla wrap, it's a pancake, which feels like a five-year-old has created it like many years ago and Dunkin' Donuts is just deciding to like sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's stuck in my brain. I'm like, I, I have to try it just at once. <laughs> it's Are not going to be good. Are you having what? it right now? No, I want, I want to. I just, I passed by it this morning on my walk and now it's, it's stuck desire. in my brain. Like, You're just distractedly desire. thinking about it. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> and so I'm going to hand it over to who is listed as teacher in the Zoom call. <laughs> I'm just going to take you love that. <laughs> I'm going to hand there. it over to Sam. It's because I borrowed a laptop from the Philadelphia Board of Education <laughs> from my mother. So that's why it says that. Hi, Sam's mom. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Samantha. I am here in Baltimore, which sounds very much like the environment Dagny described. Um, it's very rainy and miserable here. Um, and I love it. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to shoot us over to um, our special effects sound genius, <laughs> <laughs> Talia. Hi, I'm Talia Thomas. I'm here in Philadelphia, just making sure everything sounds all right. And I'm excited for all you're going to hear. Thank you so much. It's it's uh, it's interesting that you guys did mention the weather because I was thinking about that, Dagny, when you described Canada. I was like, oh, this is an interesting episode. We're all, nobody's in the same state today. Um, Talia and I are physically, geographically the closest, but we're all in different states. And yet I think we're all having the same weather. Um, That's weird. Except for Marion, right? It's, <laughs> it, it's um, wet and rainy uh, here as well. And I don't have to go anywhere today. So like Sam, I love it. If I don't have to go anywhere, bring it on. Right. So, okay, well, without further ado, I think we should jump in. We've got 
some really interesting work today uh, with some uh, fresh formatting that we'll explain as we go along. But slushies, if you'd like, I might suggest that you go to pbqmag.org and take a gander at how these look on the uh, virtual page. Um, again, we will describe them after we read them, but you might want to take a look. So um, they will be attached to this episode on our show notes. Um, who would like to kick us off? I'm going to volunteer myself. Is the, is that how it works? Is it really volunteering when it's your own self? I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're starting with inflection point 1B. Theorem 1.1. The pain, longing, and ambivalence I feel related to this particular past lover hereafter him, he, or you is not unhealthy. Proof. By definition, time heals all wounds. Suppose, for all purposes, 11 years is considered to be time. It is true that 11 years have, have passed. However, I am not healed. Thus, this thing I feel is not really a wound. Theorem 1.2. There exists a value in this lover that I use to cope with my deficiency in my current state of being. Proof. By theorem 1.1, this lover does not represent some larger unresolved issue. It is true, however, I still have been unable to let him go. Therefore, he must be notable for a different reason. By suppos supposition, that different reason is that he and I had an unrivaled connection, i.e., where while there is no such thing as soulmates, our cognitive compatibility was substantially higher than that of my previously observed matches. Hence, I feel an intensity through recollecting him such that most other things pale in comparison. Therefore, I remember him in order to feel something when I don't. Mm. Theorem 2.1. There exists an absolute truth about why I loved him and why I haven't been able to let go. Proof. By definition, all things happen for a reason. Since it is true that loving him and being unable to let go has happened, there must be reason that caused it. This reason must be the truth. Suppose not, i.e., suppose this reason was not the truth, then it would have not possessed the power necessary to cause such consequential thing to happen. Such a consequential thing to happen. Such a consequential thing did happen. Thus, there is an attri attributable reason that this is the truth. Theorem 2.2, I must understand why I have not been able to let go in order to let go. Proof, by my own definition, I am a finder of truth. By Theorem 2.1, there is a truth to be found. If there is a truth I have not yet found, then I must find it in order to exist since finding truth defines me. Thus, I have no path forward but to find a truth. Caveat, due to the following factors, the validity of the proofs outlined above is questionable. One, invalid underlying assumptions. Two, faulty reasoning. Three, insufficient information. As a result, extrapolation based on the conclusions laid out in the preceding section is not advised. Great nice. reading, Alex. Yeah. Great reading. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. I, I, I did add my own flavor to the reading. I was trying to make it as dry as possible to yep. follow the mood of the, the writer. The Alex really, J. Well, I think the, the Long the, Island flavor. Thing. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that already starts to hint at some uh, things about the way this is formatted. So those theorems are in boxes. 
Um, there's lots of space. A lot of these lines are, you know, rather floating as single lines. Um, do take a look. Um, but I think we might as well start there because it's so overtly part of the construction of this poem. And I would like to start by saying, I hate math and all things math <laughs> and run screaming when I see the word theorem. Right. But damn it, I really, really dug this poem. I know. So you how, to, how did she work that magic, Ray Alta? How did right. that happen? Right. Let me push back. Do you, I'm, I'm not sure I consider this poetry. I consider maybe this is a. Uh, maybe because uh, I've been teaching these, but these might I consider these hermit crab essays. Okay, what is a hermit crab essay? Alex? Yeah, so, hermit crab essay is the hermit crab takes on shells of other like of other creatures to provide a home. It can switch out. So hermit yeah. crab essay takes the form of other forms, like in this case. A theorem, like a logic theorem, which I haven't encountered <laughs> since like math class and <laughs> and I thought I was done with, but uh, or like uh, uh, rejection letters is the one I remember because mm -hmm. I uh, or like a packing slip, but it's describing the person themselves or it, it just using mm -hmm. the form both as like a guide as a form to like both use and also like maybe sometimes like uses it like to provide some tension when it doesn't fully like full the fill the form. Like in this case, like it's applying logic to a very emotional issue. And that's kind of where the sparks and the energy kind of come from. Uh, so I've never heard of hermit crab essays. So I love it. Right. I, and, and what I, I, I also want to point to two things. Um, that you've, you've named that really resonate. And that's that moment of feeling like the familiarity of seventh grade geometry, right? Um, or algebra or whatever this is. Yeah. <laughs> seventh grade? Where'd you go to school? I don't know. Ninth grade? Ninth grade? High school. Well, as you can see, right? <laughs> panicked feeling of like, shit, I don't know how this works, right? But when I'm in the, the space of these poems, I get that sort of weird nostalgia feeling of like, oh, it's familiar enough, right? Like I kind of re recall this and then it becomes like a syllogism. Like I can see the sort of the thinking steps, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm weirdly persuaded, which is a weird thing to say about a poem. So Alex, I, I think I like, I like both the hermit crab and then this, that reference to, you know, being in high school. Um, and it's making me think your description of um, hermit crab essays. Remember Joe Wenderoth's book, Letters to Wendy's? Yeah. Back, like, you know, when a million years ago, like at the yeah. end of the 90s, right? Um, which was a, a sort of similar principle that, to what Alice described. It was like, you know, um, feedback letters to Wendy's, you know, the burger joint. And it was a series of poems that he, a, a book length series that he put together. Um, and I, I, all that to say, I'm really taken by the formality and rigor and the seeming like objectivity of science combined with heartbreak. And it just like, it pulls me through instead yeah. of repulsing me, you know? <laughs> I love that you use the word that you're convinced, you know, because this is in its very essence, an argument, right? And she, she has to take you through the thought process, like you described of how how these conclusions are being met or come to, right? 
um, yeah, I think that's the real fun of this. I mean, slushies, I'll say it again, you, hearing it had to be a different experience. I can't imagine not seeing this on the page. You've got to take a look. Yes. This. Yeah. It's um, and, and have that same experience that we did, like where you're reading and nodding your head as you go along. I also think it's interesting to think of it as a hermit crab essay, because I remember in Maggie Nelson's Bluets, she talks about the end of a, of a, a strong love um, affair. And she describes that feeling as being like a hermit crab, like you're moving kind of houses, but, um, but you still kind of see that, uh, that old shell. So I'm, I love reading it like this because I was also, not sure if I was thinking about it as poetry or flash fiction. Um, and this feels, you know, a, a much better um, designation. Yeah. You know, once Alex said it, that I think people use that for both things. I think people say hermit crab poetry too. Hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be an essay. Right. So, you know, hmm. we're the genre blending, uh, you know, it's funny, we're all so familiar with it, just didn't know the term, but, you know, there, there are hermit crab poems as well. What do we want to call this? I think it doesn't even really matter, right? Um, yeah. I, and yeah. I think what I like about this is those, those, whatever we call those kind of essays, poetry, like, sometimes they can go just, like, south or get real corny, like, and I feel like you had to have a certain... Um, understanding of language to like pull it off like like yeah like i i don't want to say it's obvious but like the tension between like i am using logic to understand why i'm still hung up on this person mm -hmm. and like that could be written any number of ways but like the it, it is kind of winking at us but it's also like still like hewing to the fore i i i'm, I'm trying to i'm circling the idea but like just the perfect word choice can make a break a thing like this. Yeah, and I think yeah. this is why this works where it's like just enough, like, Hey, I know the, like why this is not applicable to an actual like theorem, but like, I'm just healing as close to the sun as possible. <laughs> yeah. And I think that the first section stanza, whatever we want to call it, I think it'd call it the first, the first section it really does set the tone and it, it gets it right with that upfront proof by definition, time heals all wounds. And it ends it. And, and you know, with you have time's passage and, and we land on thus the thing I feel is not really a wound because time has done nothing for it. And I was, I was all in at that point. And, mm -hmm. and, and so I think getting the start right on this one was critical because it's quite a commitment to read this piece. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Were you the, mm, or yes, I heard somebody as I was reading go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, you know what, slushies, usually I, I put myself on mute while people are reading and I forgot to, and this, that's what I, that's, that's me listening to poems. I'm like slapping the table and moaning. Um, one of the, one of the things I wanted to say too, listening to you talk about this too, it's like, it's the progression of the theorems as they go. Right. So they're numbered like 2.1 or 2.2, but you can actually hear a shift in the voice. So if you look at theorem uh, 2.1 slushies, 
right? There exists an absolute truth about why I loved him and why I haven't been able to let go. Proof by definition, all things happen for a reason. Since it's, it is true that loving him and being able to let go has happened. There must be a reason that caused it. This reason must be truth. Suppose not, (laughs) i.e. suppose the reason was not the truth. And like what I, I was so charmed by that, Alex, when you read it, because it's like backflipping in the line, you know, like as it's going forward, like logic, logic, it's also like accommodating like other possible arguments and it feels frenzied like inside this tight form. And I just, I dig it. Yeah. The devil's advocate shows up all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 Within the speech. Yeah. And, and it comes back with a vengeance in the caveats at the end right. of the whole piece, mm. which I love because it kind of recommitted me to exploring these theorems. I wanted to go back and read them again. Yeah, yeah I think it, it teaches you how to read it. I will say that um, I only have one real qualm with theorem 1.2, and that is that I feel like there's an, uh, an assumption in there that maybe should have been its own theorem, which is, well, there are, is no such thing as soulmates. That is the only thing that pushed me out. Honestly, I was like, whoa, okay. Like, so this is something this, this person believes. And so I'm surprised at at that line. That's, that's one point. I'm sorry, Sim, where is that? It's in theorem (laughs) 1.2 line four. In the longer (laughs) paragraphs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By supposition, that different reason is that he and I had an unrepresentative. Right. So there's an assumption. That's why I wanted to see what was around it. If she, if she uh, unpacks it a little or acknowledges that it could be true. I think that's a good catch, Sam, because throughout she's caught her own assumptions and is examining them in these theorems. And you're right. That one feels like we needed a, a fifth one. Mm-hmm. We'll have to go back. Where is that one? It's in well, the next uh, edition of the textbook, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it delivers, it delivers in, on the caveats. Her caveats are invalid underlying assumptions, faulty reasoning, insufficient information, right? So she's built this beautiful container for that kind of fuckery. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> underlying assumptions. There is no such thing as soulmate. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Yeah. The sound of rereading slushies, the sound of rereading. Yeah. Well, I think she kind of covers it too in what she says leading up to it. The different reason is that he and I had an unrivaled connection. Like she's saying, okay, even if there are no such thing as as soulmates, our cognitive compatibility was substantially higher than that of previously observed matches. I remember him in order to feel something when I don't. That's when I slapped the table. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good. And I love that she uses cliches as proofs, you know, time heals all wounds and every, all things happen for a reason. Well, the taking them seriously in this way, putting them under under this lens, yeah, it, it recasts yeah. them. You experience them differently. Yeah. There's such a great tone there. I feel like, 
exactly what you said, Dagny. She's taking them seriously and mocking them at the same time. At the same time. Like, yeah, because yeah. how can we deconstruct these emotions and apply logic and ration and rationale to them, right? Yeah. yeah. And ultimately for me, it is her seriousness that wins me over. Like I love that there's the kick in the teeth, but but it but it it's it's the commitment to the seriousness. Sure. That you know, eleven like years I, is considered to be time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, is true that eleven years have passed. However, yeah. I am not healed. <laughs> Argue with that. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. Do we want to vote? I want to vote. I want I to vote. Do. All right, let's vote. Okay. Two, three, vote. And it's unanimous. I think Matt, our listeners I, might have seen that one coming. I'll bet. Yeah, I apologize for the lack of dramatic uh, <laughs> tension there, but you got to go read it. Read it, slash yeah. look at it on the page. Whenever you guys say the sound of thinking or rereading, I always, I, I'm showing my specific age group, but I always like go, Papa, the sound of sailing from uh, Death Cab. <laughs> Death Cab, uh, Death, what's the band? Death Cab uh, for Cutie or whatever? Death Cab for Cutie? I don't know yeah. it. I don't All know right. what you're referring yeah. to. Oh, it's, so, it's, yeah, it's in one it. indie movie or another. I don't know which one, but it was there in the early what's the 2000s line? somewhere. You kind of laughed so hard I didn't get it. I didn't hear you. Uh, there's a certain song uh, called "The Sound of Settling" by uh, Death oh, Cab for Cutie. Okay, okay, that has a certain hook you that you'll know that if you've heard it or not. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if Sam like was agreeing with me or not. I can't. <laughs> I am. I am agreeing with you. I don't remember the specific song, but I've just written it down to listen to later. <laughs> the bop ba part, you'll know it. <laughs> I thought All you right. were singing the McDonald's song, Alex. <laughs> like this poem, we're loving it. I don't know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All I right, was so just listening I... to Death Cab for Cutie the other day, but I I didn't hear that one. No. <laughs> no. I think I might have seen Death Cab for Cutie in Philly once. You don't remember? <laughs> but you're not no. sure. Isn't that terrible? My my niece Jessica was like 13, 14 years old and was in love with Death Cab for Cutie and then this other one, something about a dashboard. Is there something like a dashboard confessional? I seen it in Philadelphia too. So you were probably at the same show. (laughs) I love that. Something about a dashboard. That's great, Mary. (laughs) I mean, she should know. Marion does not do drugs. Her her lack of not being able to remember is not about drug use at the concert, and certainly not with her 13-year-old. Seriously, but it's funny. (laughs) I have no recollection of it. It was just a giant wall of sound. All right. Can I read the next poem? I want to read Ray Alton's Wave Height and Slushies. This is another one. So um, that that really kind of illustrates Ray's mind on the page, like the, the, the way the poem is laid out. And then get this, Slushies, there's a footnote that's its own poem. Right. So you really have to take a look at this. And I'm going to do my best to, to try to capture all that. Here I go. Wait. Oh, and it's also like The stanzas are laid out like left justified, right justified. So bear with me, right? Wave height, crest. You approached after cycle of fire, 
There was a tectonic shift fueled by molten rock and dressed up decay. I believed your promise this time around. I felt it lift my feet. Trough. Footnote one. I wish my love became a two-toed sloth like the algae on its fur. It ignores his simple existence. I wish my love became a deep sea vent spewing sulfur to fill his nostrils and make him gag. I wish my love strutted down the cobblestones and heels with a long deliberate stride and a toss of its hair. That's the footnote, trough. You receded redefining forever as only 13 days, a real trailblazer. And like eddies forming behind pinnacle rock, the reverse current dragged me in asymmetric swirls. Wow, thank you. You know what was funny, Mary? When you jumped down to the footnote, I thought I got lost. And, and, you know, I don't think I would have done that. I think I would have stayed in In the stanza and then went and read the footnote. So like you always do, maybe we should read it again. Yep. That second way. I I really did think, what? Where'd she go? What happened? I know. I thought about doing that and I was like, okay, but that's how footnotes work. Like if you're, if, if, if it is like the sort of graphic representation, like if you're focused on that, she wants you to stop and then read the footnote. But honest to goodness, whoever does that? Like I never read footnotes anyway, ever, full confession. Really? And then- Look what this footnote does. David Foster Wallace? David, so, you know, maybe only David Foster Wallace. <laughs> I, I will, I will, I will read who won't, right? But generally when I'm reading academic essays, I'm like, with the footnotes, even though that's where some of the most interesting stuff happens, but who's got the fucking time? Okay, I'm F-bombing, that's twice. Why you really enough- are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think your internet connection caught that and kind of warped you a bit. Or uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right, the UAE. All right, from the UAE. Do you want? Do you want me to read it now, or maybe we'll do it at the end that other way? I think now you got to read it now because now we chatted. Okay, okay, okay. Ready, 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 ready. Okay, so now slushies, I'm reading it straight down the page, and I'm not pausing, even though I'll tell you. No, I won't even tell you where the footnote is. Ready? Okay, wave height, crest. You approached after cycles of fire. There was a tectonic shift fueled by molten rock and dressed up decay. I believed your promise this time around. I felt it lift my feet. Trough. You receded redefining forever as only 13 days, a real trailblazer. And like eddies forming behind pinnacle rock, the reverse current dragged me in asymmetric swirls. Footnote. I wish my love became a two-toed sloth like the algae on its fur. It ignores his simple existence. I wish my love became a deep sea vent spewing sulfur to fill his nostrils and make him gag. I wish my love strutted down the cobblestones in heels with a long, deliberate stride and a toss of its hair. Thank you, Marion. Now, the first time you read, I heard a bit of delight in your voice over dressed up decay or what, or am I wrong? I, um, there's so much delight in my voice. I know. It's kind of a cool, I don't know. I I, I like dressed up decay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Everyone looks like they're thinking. I love this. And I actually love the footnote um, because it reminds me of one of my favorite contemporary books, Samantha Hunts the Seas, where 
Um, in kind of the penultimate scene, um, you have the protagonist and her mother um, in the water and the water starts to speak to them. And she shows that through, um, it will say like, my mother was received giving and then giving is bolded um, from the wave. And for me, I just feel like on one hand, like what the trowel is saying is the footnote is how I'm interpreting it. And in some ways it's more beautiful. It's it, the mm-hmm. footnote. Um, and I just, I just kind of love that. It's almost like two poems in one or like an envelope with another. Poem yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Sam, like it took me a minute, like wave height. Right. And then mm-hmm. like, what is the, how is this all working? And the way the poem is sort of spread out on the page is like the crest and the trough of a wave, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like the crest and the, you know what I mean? So it's it's just, I don't, I don't know, mm-hmm. it's fascinating to see that, the mm-hmm. play, the layout too, right? Absolutely. Mm. So I'd say that again, Samantha, it's Samantha Hunt's book, The Seas. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous of this poem because it's like so simple, but it like works on multiple levels. That I'm, I, it's so good. I'm annoyed that kind of like it's like not fairly though. <laughs> some for the rest of us kind of a thing, where it's like I I love the just the undertow of the relationship, just like the bitterness of redefining forever as only thirteen days. It's like yeah. like you. Yeah, and then, oh, and then the parentheses, the real, just like stab is like a real trailblazer exclamation point. Right. <laughs> like, I love when exclamation points are essentially like sharp knives. <laughs> it's a shiv. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It's a shiv. <laughs> totally. Totally. It's actually a very plain spoken poem in many yeah. ways. The language being used here is very accessible, very straight up. Um, not, well, to use Marion's favorite phrase today, I'm not fucking around here, you know, but it's moving. Yeah. If there's, oh, sorry, if there's anything that <laughs> I find a little um, off putting, it's the underlining of Creston. And trial because I feel it's a bit reminiscent of the last poem, which I liked a lot. I actually like this poem more, and it feels like um like a technical kind of glitch that like doesn't need to be in this poem. It feels like a holdover in some ways. Huh. Hmm. Like you would- didn't even notice that. I noticed the capitalization, but not the underlining. So those little those. I don't know what we would call them stanza titles, right? Almost it's, it's so unusual, but um, they're both capped and underlined. Yeah. I also realize I need to ask. So my American pals, do you say trow? Cause I would say trough. I think, I think Marion said trough. I would say trough. Okay. I just say everything wrong. So <laughs> oh, well, listen, there are words that I still can't get right that I've been looking at for years. So like, I get it. I, but Early I, I, readers, right? I, absolutely. <laughs> I, it, it, I know. <laughs> Tell me about the word okay. kernel and which kind I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sometimes we have real differences, even though, you know, hey, we're... Sure. By jowl, right? As as uh, as countries go, but <laughs> no, I I I just jumped into a, a Google search to see if there's a reason why the 
that's capitalized, right? And I, 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 know, I don't know enough about oh, the I protocol of science to know, yeah. you know? Yeah, what would you Google? I don't know. <laughs> what in the world did you Google? I Googled, I Googled crust and trough. I well, <laughs> wave calculations are a whole subset of mathematics, right? There are people who just specialize in this. So you're not wrong, Marion. My feeling is, is that this is Ray's choice. Yeah, probably. Rather is. than probably you were going to come to a later poem with hypotheses where Ray's yeah. using established, um, you know, formats. Format. But, but here my feeling is maybe it was just Ray's choice. Yeah, yeah. I just interpret it yeah. as like a visual thing, just to set like so it's easier to like read as quickly. Just the uh -huh. yeah, yeah. I like very much the idea of additional titles. You know, like that it's wave height, but then each stanza, those words crest and trough, work very well as stanza titles. Yeah, they're great yeah. signals. Dagny, that signals is right. And I was just thinking about what Sam said earlier too, about like the poem inside the poem, like the envelope, right? How that footnote poem is like an envelope and it's like the titles within this title, right? Uh, see, okay. Now here, right. I like your brain because the asymmetric swirls that like behind the pinnacle rock, like the poem is spiraling. It really is spiraling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's fantastic. Yeah. And we're caught <laughs> in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, slushies, yet again, you got to look. These, those two stanzas we keep talking about, crest and trough, as Marion said, they're uh, right and left justified, but they look like waves. It, they're waves going in opposing directions. So this is just all kinds of fun and fabulous. You can spend so much time here, right, guys? Mm -hmm. um, on the footnotes too can i just say aloud that i love that those lines are so you know almost elizabethan or something i'm expecting a sonnet i wish my love became a two-toed sloth right? <laughs> i wish my love became a deep sea vent spewing sulfur <laughs> that it would gag on you know it's <laughs> Awesome. I love that juxtaposition. Love it. Um, and it's you can see, great. like, how could that even, I wish my love strutted down the cobblestones in heels mm -hmm. with a long, deliberate stride and a toss of its hair. Mm -hmm. such, oh. such confidence. Love it. I'm getting that tattooed. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> I'll get one on my forehead and then the whole foot net. No, it's on my hat. Sounds like it's time to vote. We've got two more. Oh, my goodness. Two more. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> ready? One, Sorry, two. I'm laughing. Kathy's tattoos. Okay, good. Right, right, one, go ahead. two, three, vote. <laughs> and it's unanimous yet again. All right. All right, all right. You know what Alex did there, slushies? He very slowly unfurled his thumb so that at least we would have just a nanosecond of dramatic tension. But Alex, I didn't believe you for a second. I knew which way that thumb was going. <laughs> oh, boy, this is going to be another great one to read. Who's doing it, Sam or Dagny? <laughs> I can read it. All right. So I'm assuming we're bouncing across the page, right? Left to right, left I to would, right. Yes, that's what yeah. I would do. 
Yeah, so we've got a poem that's effectively got two titles, non-exhaustive list of difficult things, and I'm not just some bitch. Mm. I'm, I'm already loving that. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then yeah, the poem so is get- laid out, left justified, right justified, and it kind of ping-pongs. It's, mm-hmm. It, I, I think it's a braided poem. It's it's really, it looks like it's two poems, but let's dive in. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say the left side is a bulleted list. Yes, good point. It and is the right side the is a more traditional poem form. Yes. And again, folks, we cannot describe it. Go look. Yeah, you got to you gotta go and look at I, it. You know sure. what? I think I think maybe it gets read twice. I mean, Dag, if you feel like reading it across a page and then reading it as two separate, just to yeah. see if it yeah? Just to okay. see. Okay. All right. Non-exhaustive list of difficult things. I'm not just some bitch. Discovering calculus, de-escalating global conflict. You tell me you're challenged. To have a conversation is simply too tough, though we've held each other's brains in our palms. Running a political campaign, solving a Millennium Prize problem. The very first night we met, You described feeling stereotype threat, telling your parents that they would have a grandson living far from him and far from home. Building the first computer, combating climate change. To share stories about substance abuse and coming out was dehydrating. It was like spitting out rock salt. You sucked it up and I watched it dissolve on your lips. Convincing the government to support crypto, managing race relations in the US. Some nights we'd talk until the morning forced us from bed. When we'd speak, we exhaled a cloud that strangled sleepiness. Creating the Turing machine, ensuring worldwide food security. Today, You'll only lecture, compassion and honesty are zero sum. You will get none of mine, mine, mine. Hmm. So you think we should read it vertically? I don't know, now that people have heard it, what do you think? You know, that's so funny, because it worked so well. I don't know, like that experience of like, your brain takes it in as two columns, but then that second experience simultaneously is taking it in as one. Oh, I don't know. Um, no, I like it the way that we just read it. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the phrasing in this piece I don't like as much as the earlier poems. Um, I mean, but, you know, again, it's just personal taste, right? For me, holding each other's brains in our palms, I don't know, it, for me, it, didn't really resonate, exhaled a cloud that strangled sleepiness. I don't know, for me, again, just kind of felt awkward. So I paid more attention to it rather than kind of being in the flow. Um, And there's something also like, okay, so the bulleted list on the left-hand side, right? It it really feels like a sort of like a series of fragments, right? Yes. And then the, the, I'm not some bitch column, right? Um, The, those, the stanzas are more a sort of um, lyrical, right? Organic. Um, yeah. You know? And 
and it um, and it wants to it wants to have like a like I don't know it feels like a na- like my brain wants a narrative emerging out like out of the juxtaposition rather than the the just the juxtaposition. rather than just sort of ping ponging yeah yeah I want the register to be a bit different mm-hmm. in the two mm-hmm. more than it is I think yeah hmm. yeah for me the I'm not just some bitch side is kind of carrying a lot of the weight of the poem where I wanted a tighter relation between the list and like, I guess the, the more raw, more raw poem that or raw half of the poem, where it's like, I wanted it to link up a bit more. Uh, well, they're, they're pretty disconnected. Yeah. 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 Like I kind of wanted to move like, uh calculus and the crypto as the last two lines because then it ties into like the zero sum like tying that math like so i just wanted a bit like move some of them around at least or maybe slide in some new ones Uh, you know what it's i'm glad you pointed to that last line right um or if that's when you're looking at I'm sorry, Alex, the, the very last stanza, right? Today, you'll only lecture compassion and honesty are zero sum. You will get none of mine, mine, mine. There's no end quotation mark there, right? And I, sometimes I really like when poets do that, like they don't put a terminal mark of punctuation or they 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 sort of, it's a bold move. And weirdly, I can't see how it's a choice. I mean, I mean or an accident, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's, and that sounds harsh, right? For Ray Alta, who's so careful with the layout of these poems, but I don't get it. Why, like, you know, not that she has to flatter me. I just don't understand why there's no end quotation mark there, right? Like, how does that link back to the, either the voice of that speaker or the idea of the the column, you know? So I don't know, Alex, I think it kind of aligns with what you're saying about like, like questioning the placement of the lines right and the momentum of the poem yeah i mean i do i i do want to give like some credit like that uh ray's like trying different directions throughout like the the poems kind of that we're discussing today that like it's like some not all experiments sometimes work i i I've, i hope that's not too I mean, aren't all poems and writing experiments? That's what I kind of mean, <laughs> like when I say experiments. So. Yeah, yeah I, I love that she's um, approached so many different forms yeah. throughout these pieces, and it's they're very they're very brave, <laughs> uh, even though they're kind of buttoned down with their logic and 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 so on. They 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 also bear their soul. Um, the speaker bears their soul in these pieces, but I I tend to agree. I. I'm 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 intrigued by this piece, but I just for me it just doesn't work ultimately in the way that the other two just bowled me over. I do want to point out though, smack in the middle of the poem, right? Even though it's on the left side, right? Or the right side, or I don't know. It's under the it's under the I'm not just some bitch sequence, right? To share stories about substance abuse and coming out was dehydrating. It was like spitting out rock salt. You sucked it up and I watched it dissolve on your lips. If that's not like a punch in the heart, 
you know, like, wow. Like, but when I looked away from the poem and I came back and my eye landed on that, it's, I, um, I, I had almost missed it on the first read, you know, like, or the second read, like I didn't hear it, you know, until I, I saw it again. But wow. Yeah. It's feeling like it's getting a little lost in here because it is pretty amazing. I think that this would really work in her collection. Yes. Yes. Um, For sure. I mean, the right side is also a non-exhaustive list of difficult things. Right. Yeah. In its own way. And that's what charms me. I love the stanza that Marion pointed out and uh, we've held each other's brains in our palms. You know, the, um, I think she's still got a lot of, of magic going on, but I appreciate what your guys are saying as well. Well, we do have one more. We do. We do. We do. Shall we? So let's. Okay. One, two, three, vote. And this one's not coming with us, but it was so much fun. Thank you so much, Ray. Uh, we've got mm-hmm. one last one. I uh, outline the hypothesis. It's me and you, Sam. Should we arm wrestle? I can do it. Great. Okay. Um, I outline the hypothesis. I got this. This is 101. I simply need to determine what a human woman should feel in this situation based on whether or not I can reject the null. H0? Null? He's a small person on a power trip who never cared. He wasn't actually sick from bad Indian food. Each time I felt we needed to talk. (laughs) He's not small, but broken. It was shame that caused him to disappear without warning. I memorialized every scene of his trauma while he forgot my middle name, H2. He's an emotionless sociopath in a decade-long grift, laughing about me with his friends. Each month, he adds some new mark to his collection. One day, he'll be caught, and I'll guest star in a true crime documentary. Yes, all very plausible. Now, all that's left to detect and affect is to dampen the noise. Aha. Uh-huh. Thank you, Sam. Nice read. I- Tour de force, Sam. Tour de force. Nice yeah. Read. Absolutely. This is such, I love the voice in this piece. I, lo- I love the, I got this. Yep. Um, yeah. I simply need to determine what a woman, human woman should feel. And, you know, the, so the setup then moving into okay. what is effectively a null hypothesis set aside, set against an alternative hypothesis. And then not so traditionally, we got a secondary alternative hypothesis, which in my reading is basically saying the null hypothesis is true, just in different words, which is he's a dirtbag. (laughs) Yeah, I love this. Well, how extreme it gets, you know, he's a small person on a power trip becomes he's an emotionalist sociopath. Right. I love the build. The buildup is great. It actually feels like sitting with a group of my girlfriends and comforting someone, and like absolutely, if the comforting doesn't work, you keep escalating like the guy's flaws. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and then she's sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I love uh, the plainness of the language, the conversationalness, as Sam just said. 
um, juxtaposed against her, the, the premise of this, you know, the hypotheses and, uh, you know, uh, the hermit shell crab that we're using this time, the hermit shell we're using this time yeah. and, and have that language. And especially to end with now all that's left to detect and affect is to dampen the noise. Mic drop. Yeah, exactly. Right? It is such a mic drop. It is such a mic yeah. drop. <laughs> That's a toss of the hair. Right? In those high heels. In those heels. <laughs> yeah, I I I just love how she doubles down in her in her <laughs> H2 stanza. I mean the null hypothesis was already so damning, but then when she arrives there, it's just like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> And there's humor in this and also such heartbreak, like the Indian food and stuff that's kind of funny and very specific. But then that line laughing about me with his friends just is piercing. Absolutely. I memorialized every scene of his trauma while he forgot my middle name. Yep. Oh, again, again with these lines right in the belly of the song. What are you doing? So okay. few words, omit needless words, right? Like Ray knows how to do that. Mm-hmm. She's internalized that and there are no needless words here. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I feel like the juxtaposition here works. I, I, I feel bad comparing it to like the last poem, but like, I feel like the the tension works better here is like more considered where like, I, I just imagine uh, the speak kind of like hunched over trying to like write this out, like this, <laughs> trying to figure out the hypothesis and figure out the, 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 the new formula or whatever, just like, like it, it, it especially I'm thinking of it with the first poem, which is very structured and like, there's a little hint here's it's like, you can hear the angry writing i guess yeah there's fury in this piece alex you're absolutely right like barely contained fury yeah yes yeah yeah and that you know earlier when we were um thinking of the hermit crab essays alex like this one feels essayistic to me too in the sense that like the writer is thinking it through on the page right and the logic is propulsive and then I love that 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 move at the end that Dagny described, right? The second reading, which confirms the first reading. It's like it's just brilliant. And that that feeling I never got in high school, I could never quite follow proofs and theorems. Like I could, I was, you know, and mostly because maybe then I was, you know, sort of half in the bag, as we all were in high school, um, <laughs> and unable to like just follow things. But this, if it, it, it's a delight to be reminded of these structures and then get them like both resurrected and 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 new, you know, like I'm I'm digging it. Really digging it. Should it should be, you're saying it should be on high school math curriculum. And I agree. Totally. It because should high school be. students would get this. They'd be like, oh, okay, I got it. Yeah. My Here's my, uh, my null hypothesis for you. Yeah. <laughs> i'm down no i'm from the first time i read these i thought i can't wait to teach these not in a math class obviously but right. yeah. yeah yeah whoa oh guess what we didn't even vote ah! we gotta vote let's we gotta vote. vote all right let's do it surprise right, surprise one two three vote it's in
Wow. Right friends. When it's right, you know it. You do. Um, yeah, Ray, all to all the gratitude in the world goes to you. And uh so happy to share your work with our slushies like this. Yes. And um, yeah, you keep writing and slushies keep listening and let us know how we're doing. And uh, what do you guys have to say? Anything else? I think trailblazer needs to go in the episode name because I think Ray is a poetry trailblazer. Right. Um, that's Let's lovely. do it. I'm going to write tra- trailblazer as the title of the episode. I was, I had caveats rock. Um, Ooh, yeah. That was one of it. And then what was the other one? Um, you got to look. <laughs> but I think we'll we'll move that into the show notes. But we're this is great. What a great <laughs> and now they're listening to our thought process. Exactly. Exactly. I thought it would you think of this title. How <laughs> <laughs> we come up with it? We need to put footnotes in the show notes for this. You, one. you know what? Oh, not in the show notes. And yes. you know what the going to say? Don't read the footnote. Footnote one. <laughs> Love it. It's funny, Marion, about all that you said about footnotes. I love footnotes. (laughs) I love footnotes. And I generally read them at the end of the page. I don't keep skipping down. But when I get to the bottom, read those footnotes. I think we need to know this about the team. I read footnotes, too. I feel like I always have, like, strong intentions, like, going to the gym to, like, read footnotes. But I run (laughs) out of time. And... But when I'm writing, I also realize that if I start a footnote and it's going three, four lines, I'm like, this is just something else. Like you have just become <laughs> interested in something else. I got your David to Foster me. Wallace. One of those two things. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. Love oh, it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Slushies. Thank you, everyone. And uh, we'll talk soon. Woo! Bye. 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 Bye, everyone.